BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Folks, we're teetering on what could be an economic meltdown, threatening to wash away our savings and retirement. Inflation has surged to levels unseen in 40 years. Gold is the smartest and most responsible investment you can make for you and your family in times like these. A safe haven asset that protects your purchasing power and your wallet from inflation. When it comes to protecting your IRA or 401k, trust only the best. My friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold has earned the highest trust ratings in the precious metals industry and builds relationships based on integrity, expertise, and impeccable service. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithlou.com today or give them a call at 844-6484-LOU. Don't wait. Take control of your retirement today. Call 844-6484. 84LOU and speak with one of their experts. Time is of the essence. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold. Visit protectwithlou.com or call 844-648-4LOU. Hello everybody, I'm Lou Dobbs and welcome to the Great America Saturday show. Great to have you with us and we have something of a treat. There's a lot going on in the world right now. Two major conflicts abroad with Russia and Ukraine, Israel and Hamas, the aggression of China, and of course, Iran. Our economy is in serious decline. We have a national debt now that stands at $34 trillion. It's incredible. But even more incredible, in four years, our national debt at this current rate will be $50 trillion. We have a wide-open southern border that Joe Biden turned over to the Mexican drug cartels when he took the oath of office. With record numbers of illegal immigrants and record amounts of deadly drugs pouring into the United States, and the Marxist stems and deep state persecution of President Trump is now in its ninth year. They're doing absolutely everything they can in alliance with the deep state to interfere in the 2024 presidential election. I recently sat down with President Trump to take up all of these issues, the man who is dominating all of the primary polls, all of the national polls, and he is in the fight of his life trying to save the republic and to win back the presidency that is rightfully his. Here's our conversation with President Trump at Mar-a-Lago. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. As you write your life story, You're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. 
Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Mr. President, it's great to see you. And uh, we're now in the eighth year of the political persecution of President Donald J. Trump. You are taking incoming every day from the legal system, the Marxist Dems. Give us a sense of how you feel right now and what your sense is of this country that will permit such an outrage. So I don't think there's ever been a time like this. I think we're very close to being at the end of our country as we knew it, a great country. Uh, it's Marxist, it's fascist, it's communist. It's what they're doing is incredible. What they've done with weaponization of DOJ, FBI and, and others, uh, all sort of reporting up. If it's a local DA or a attorney general, a state attorney general, uh, I think it's a very dangerous time. The hope is 2024, because if we win, we're going to get that straightened out so fast because it's all people. It's the people from the top. It's a very dangerous time for our country. I really believe that. Then we have the wall where millions and millions of people are pouring into our country. We have uh, the most incompetent president we've ever had, has no idea what's going on in the world, has no respect from the world. And numerous countries are coming up with nuclear weapons, which is the real global warming threat, not the ocean will rise over the next 400 years by a, you know, an eighth of an inch. Uh, and I think the country's in trouble. I think it's the most dangerous time in the history of our country. And a lot of that is weaponization, but a lot of that is a real lot of that is nuclear weapons. I think that we, we were respected with me. We had tremendous control of things. Uh, Iran was behaving because they didn't have the money. Now they have tremendous money. I mean, they were broke. Now they have tremendous money. They've gained in the last three years hundreds of billions of dollars of wealth. Uh, I told China that if you buy, you're not going to do business with the United States. I told India, I told a lot. If you buy, you do no business with the United States. And we were dealing with Iran and it was fine. It was actually very good. If you remember, uh, there was no money going to Hamas. There was no money going to Hezbollah. There were stories about it because they didn't have any money. Now they have billions and billions of dollars, probably 127 billion, not including the $6 billion that you read about for the hostage swap. Another great deal, $6 billion for the hostages. So um, I think the country's in the greatest danger it's ever been. And to a large extent, a big portion of that would be because we have a leader that doesn't know what to do. You know, you you say that this president is weak. You say that he is the, the issue. And so many people in the national left wing corporate media are talking about why the rest of the world does not respect him. Uh, there is no policy that he has offered up that I perceive, at least, uh, as being pro-America. Uh, the policies are Marxist in, in nearly every respect whether it is to do it has to do with the American family, whether it has to do with sovereignty, border security, illegal immigration, foreign policy. You had created a modest foreign policy, bringing home our troops, yep. uh, withdrawing troops from foreign lands, and about 100 of them, we have troops now. Uh, how does that make you feel to see that reversal of your policies that were, yeah. that were creating such 
a great response on the part of the global uh, the global nations. So I was bringing them home, but also bringing them home from countries that don't even like us. Right. Uh, we're we're protecting countries that took advantage of us and hate us in many cases. Uh, when you look at Afghanistan, the withdrawal that was a big moment because I believe it was the most incompetent and embarrassing time in the history of our country. The way we withdrew, not the withdrawing, because I was withdrawing too, but we were going to do it with great strength and dignity. I believe that the withdrawal from Afghanistan, the way they did it, leaving $85 billion worth of equipment, $85 billion, think of it, behind. The best equipment in the world, leaving it behind. You know, I don't know if you know this, that uh, the Taliban and Afghanistan, Afghanistan now is one of the top three uh, traders in military equipment. They sell because they don't need 700,000 guns and rifles. They don't need 70,000 vehicles, many of them armor plated. They don't need tanks and all of the things that we left. We left behind $85 billion worth of equipment, the best military equipment in the world. But most importantly, 13 soldiers dead, 38 soldiers horribly wounded, and hundreds of people killed. And it should have been nothing. And we took the soldiers out. We took our military out before we took our American hostages. You have people over there. You have still hundreds of Americans over there that haven't been able to get out. We should have taken everything out, and then you take your You could ask a child, when would you take the military out? Five years old, he'd say, you take the military out last. We took the military out first. So we were going to get out with dignity and strength, and we lost Bagram. Bagram was one of the biggest airfields in the world. And most importantly, not because of Afghanistan, but because of China. It's one hour away from where China makes their nuclear weapons. And to have that would have been incredible. I was never leaving there. We were going to keep that. And they fled. They really surrendered. The whole thing was just like, I think it was the most embarrassing moment in the history of our country. And Putin would have never gone into Ukraine anyway. But when he saw that, uh, he said, this is the time to move because these people are incompetent. And as you know, President Xi is talking about Taiwan and lots of things are we just we're not respected at all. And three years ago, we were greatly respected. And three years ago, we were energy independent and uh, you had gasoline selling for less than two dollars. And now you have it at five, six, seven and even eight dollars a gallon. And it's uh, what's happened to our country. And truly, one of the worst things is when you have millions and millions. I know this. Uh, I've been your friend and I've been your uh, your watcher. I would watch you all the time and I still do it whenever I can. But I know you very well. It must just drive you crazy when you see millions of people coming into our country and totally unchecked from jails, from mental institutions, terrorists. We're going to be paying a big price. We're going to do big deportation, by the way, which will make you feel slightly better. But. They're coming in from the prisons all over the world. Are being, this isn't just in South America, all over Africa, in the Congo. They, the other day, people released from prisons in the Congo. In fact, some of these people make our prisoners look like very nice people. We have people in our country now that shouldn't be in our country. Uh, millions of people are being, uh, are walking, just, just walking through our country right now as we speak. They have the largest caravan of people and they might came up with. Uh, and we stopped the caravans pretty quickly. Mm. But they have the largest caravan anyone's seen. And it's pouring in through Mexico, heading up to our country.
10 million, an estimated 10 million illegal immigrants just since Joe Biden uh, took the Oval Office. Uh, that is extraordinary by any measure. Yet there is no discussion amongst the business elites, the global business elites, uh, no discussion from social critics in academia, our universities and colleges, nor our trading partners and, uh, and military allies. It, it is an extraordinary uh, development that no one could have imagined an American president inviting, which is exactly what this president has done. He did. Well, he did. He said, come on. At the beginning. So I said, don't come up because you're not getting through. And people wouldn't come up. They say, and I built a wall. I built 561 miles of wall, which is a big thing. You know, they said, oh, it's 50. Well, it's not 50 by any. But they say, oh, it's 50. Like this dope Chris Christie said, oh, it's 50 miles. No, it's way over 500. It's 561. And we had another 200 ready to go. We actually built it. And all we had to do is install it. Could have been up in about three weeks and they wouldn't put it up. That's when I realized they actually wanted open borders. But the wall was great, and we also had Mexico paying for their soldiers. You know, we had 28,000 Mexican soldiers on our border, and they paid for it free of charge. It was a nice gift, but not easy to get. I had to say things that, you know, you don't want to really say, like we're going to tariff your product if you don't put them there. So we had the best numbers we've ever had. And now we have the worst numbers I think that any country's ever had. I don't think any country's ever had numbers like this. I don't care if it's third world or not. We have the worst numbers we've ever had. Three years ago, we had the best numbers we've ever had. And that included not only people coming in, it included drugs, human trafficking. We had the best numbers at everything, almost every category that we've ever had. And now we have the worst numbers. The worst numbers and the numbers don't even express the the dire circumstances that this country faces. Uh, fentanyl, 100,000 yep. deaths a year. Child trafficking, uh, the Health and Human Services can't find, uh, can't track over 80,000 children yep. that have crossed that border. Uh, China is a partner with Mexico and their drug cartels, and they are as responsible for fentanyl, uh, and That's opiates right. coming from Mexico. They make most of it. And this president, on Wednesday, We'll be talking with Xi Jinping about a new relationship uh, with, a, with a, a power uh, that is expansionary, that is threatening the United States almost every month. Your reaction? Well, the other thing is, remember that until I get indicted, I've been indicted more than Al Capone over complaining about a rigged election, over things that nobody can even believe. You read even these legal scholars, they can't even believe. So they've weaponized the DOJ. But remember this, Biden got money from China. He got money from Ukraine. They got money from many of these countries. But he got millions of dollars from China. And that's what they found. Now, if they find that, and it seems very conclusive, obviously, but if they find that, how much money didn't they find? Because it's not easy to find. And I think, I think they have him over a barrel, frankly, because nobody can be so weak with China, what they're doing. You know, I took in billions, hundreds of billions of dollars from China, hundreds of billions of dollars. I gave our farmers $28 billion because, excuse me the language, but they were screwed by China for many years. And I went to Sonny Perdue, Secretary of Agriculture. How much is it? They said $28 billion. I took it out of the tariffs. I gave it to the farmers. But I took in hundreds of billions of dollars from China. No president ever took in 10 cents. It was a one-way deal. 
And I changed things around a lot. A lot of people think that's why we had the China virus, frankly, because they never had a problem like they did with me. But I don't think so. I think it was gross incompetence at the Wuhan lab. That's what I think. I really don't believe. You know, there are those people that said uh, they wanted they would have done anything to get rid of me. I actually had a very good relationship with President Xi. But once uh, once the China virus or COVID came along, it was uh, it was a lot different. But uh, it's so sad to see what's happened to our country in a short period of time. Inflation at a level that we haven't seen in 70 years. Uh, you look at what's going on with energy. You, it's just you look at the lack of respect they have for us. But you just take a look at the lack of respect. The way China talks about our country now, they would never have said that with me. In fact, they had a policy 24 or 25, I guess it was 2025. And I said, you know, I'd appreciate it if you take that down because that's very insulting. In other words, that was going to be when they really take over everything economically. You heard that, right? China 2025. And I said to President Xi, you know, it's a very insulting statement because you're really saying you're going to take over in 2025. And I know you're going to try, but we're going to try to have us keep the lead. And he took everything down. But now I see that you see everything was taken. It was all got one conversation was all gone. You know, it's pretty, pretty sad to see. You uh, you shut down the Trans-Pacific uh, Partnership yeah. uh, in, involving all of the Pacific powers and uh, in, uh, Indochina uh, as well, not China. And you've been roundly criticized over the course of the past year for that, which is a drumbeat by the Biden administration uh, and its uh, and its supporters in corporate America trying to restore a TPP. Uh, and what's your reaction to that uh, after you had killed the original, which would, yeah. in the minds of most, would have been devastating? It was a disaster for our country. We would have no automobile business left. You know, we uh, lost about 50% of our auto manufacturing between Canada, Mexico, China, all over the place. If you look at Mexico, the number of automobiles they make, it's incredible. The factories, the size of the buildings they're building to make cars, not during my term, but they came in and they just decimated our auto business and uh, the manufacturing. That's why the auto workers, how could they ever vote for this guy? And this guy was a part of it. What other countries have done to us, and now with this all electric mandate, all of those cars are going to be made in China. They're not going to be made here. They're going to be made in China. The all electric car, they don't go far and they cost too much. You know, it's very simple. Somebody said, well, should we make it more complex? You don't have to. They don't go far and they cost too much. If you want to take a very short trip, it's nice. But if you want to go like beyond uh, the state line <laughs> without having to get it charged for two and a half hours, it's so crazy what they're doing. They're destroying our country. They're destroying the country. I think a lot of people have that sense. Uh, I know about half the population has that sense. Yeah. Uh, and there are people in this country, a lot of people, good, strong, healthy families that are fighting uh, against these policies and their effects uh, on middle America. You were the president who made the Republican Party the party of the working man and woman yeah. in this country, the American family. Uh, Give us your sense of what you will do to restore primacy uh, to the forgotten men and women of this country 
who right now are fighting for their, their economic and, right. and their real survival. So let me just say one thing that happened. So the Keystone XL pipeline, it was being built. It was moving along. It was a massive project going all the way down to the Gulf. It was a great project. 48,000 workers. He came in the first day he ended it. And by the way, the head of that union, the pipeline union, they have a uh, people that build pipelines have a union. The head of it endorsed Biden. Now, the workers, I guarantee they mostly voted for me, but they endorsed. And then as soon as he comes in, he got rid of all those jobs and all of the importance of that pipeline. It was such an important thing. But that's just one of so many different things. So what we'll be doing is we'll be drilling. We'll be reducing energy. That'll bring down inflation. Uh, that'll bring down interest rates. If you want to buy a home today, you're middle income and you want to go out to a bank. The banks, number one, don't have money. And if they do have money, they're loaning it at 9 and 10 and 11 percent or not loaning it really at all. Uh, we have an economy that's incredible. We have an economy that's so fragile. And the only reason it's running now is it's running off the fumes of what we did, what the Trump administration. It's just running off the fumes. And when there's a crash, I hope it's going to be during this next 12 months. Because I don't want to be Herbert Hoover. The one president, I just don't want to be Herbert Hoover. But what they've done is incredible. What they're doing with all of this money, the trillions and trillions of dollars of, of waste. This Green New Deal is, you know, it's, it's a, the Green New Deal will destroy our country. And I'm an environmentalist more than they are. But when you see the kind of monies that they're throwing around on building... Uh, infrastructure that's no good, but environmentally friendly, on doing uh, windmills all over the place that are the most, by the way, the most expensive energy in the world. You cannot get more expensive. And now you notice it's all coming down because they're not working. It's not working. Economically, it doesn't work. It's 20 times more expensive than what we have under our feet, liquid gold. I call it liquid gold. We have more than any other country. And we'll be using it and we'll be selling it to Europe and we'll be doing a lot of things with it. We were going to sell massive amounts of oil and gas to Europe. They wouldn't have even needed the pipeline. We, they, it wouldn't have been able to compete with us. And we we're going to make a fortune. We we're going to start paying down debt. We owe $34 trillion. We we're going to start paying down debt. Everything was going great. In fact, I was all set to do that. And then we got hit with COVID. We had to worry about that. And we did a great job with that, but we never got the credit for that one. I got a credit for a great economy. We had the greatest economy in the history of our country. And I got credit for that, but never for the job. You know, we just, this dust came in from China. Yeah. But even they tried to this day, they try and say it wasn't China, but it was China. It was the Wuhan labs, which I said right from the beginning. But um, we were going to pay down debt. We we're going to reduce taxes further. We gave the largest tax cut in history. And we were going to pay down debt further. And we were doing a great job. And then uh, we had a very unfortunate election. Now, uh, I know who you're involved with, so I can say it here. But sometimes they say you'll cut it out. So, you know, why? what's the purpose? But we had a rigged election. We don't cut anything out. No, you out. don't. That's what I'm saying. That's why I say it with you. We had a rigged election. It was rigged, 100% rigged. And the question I get most is, number one, how do you take it? And I take it, I guess, because genetically I take it. I think I also take it because we're doing so well. We're leading everybody by so much. Huh? Mm -hmm. So that helps. Uh, but the other question I get the most, probably number two, maybe number one sometimes, 
is uh, how do we stop them from cheating? People ask me, will they do it again, sir? Because, you know, I'm in Florida now, and I drive to various locations and airports and places. Every house has a Trump sign on it. Trump 2024. We got all the votes we need. The risk is what's going to happen during election period. It used to be election day or election night. They'd say election night. But today you don't have that. You have 60 days, 40 days, 30 days. You have some states where they have eight days to count the vote after the election is over. How do you have an election when you have to count the vote for? And, you know, the machines are supposed to speed up the process, right? We ought to go to all paper, all paper. You know, they have now watermark paper. It's incredible what you can do with paper. Right. But we go all paper, same day voting and voter ID, a little thing like voter ID. The Democrats are violently against voter ID because it will make it very hard for them to cheat. Can you imagine somebody saying we don't want voter ID? You know. Well, I know who does, and those are the, the Democrats, and they do for the very reason you're intimating. Yeah. Uh, they cheated in 2020. They cheated in 2022. Those are statements of fact. Yep. They're not. You can somebody can dispute them, but it's the facts are straightforward. And I, one of the things that I've always found interesting is no one wants to to say to you, relitigate 2020. The fact is, if this country doesn't come to its senses about how uh, deceitful and crooked these elections are. And I'm talking about from the local to the presidential uh, offices. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have real problems. What I don't see from the Republican Party is a response. Uh, I, I don't see Ronna McDaniel and the uh, NRC. I agree with you. Going after it. What do you what would you like to see here? I know you've got uh, more than a full plate. You're being assailed from every quarter. But what would you like to see the Republican Party, for which you are the titular head, uh, do? So when I won in 2016, I won. I went home and I watched. I did my thing. I did seven rallies on the final day, maybe seven rallies on the two final days, seven and seven. And not a lot of people can do that. And they were full, big, beautiful rallies. Started in Florida, ended up in Iowa. Uh, one was 82 degrees, one was three degrees below zero. It's called pneumonia weather, right? That's beautiful because you go from that difference. Right. But we did a great thing. And I went home and I watched, I watched the election and I won the election. I never thought I'd have to watch votes. You know, that's supposed to be done by states, really, for the federal government, but it's supposed to be done by states. And we're supposed to have people watching it within the party. And they said they'll never let that happen again. And I was hearing those statements. I said, that's a weird statement, right? And they cheated. And they cheated at every different level, in many different ways. And we have it all documented. We have so much documented, it's not even. Even if you didn't want to get into the fact, like 2,000 mules, where they, you know, you have them on camera stuffing the ballot boxes, okay, how much? And they're all federal cameras, you know. This is all federal. And many of the cameras were missing. But they have hundreds of thousands of votes even at that. But don't even get into that. Don't get in when you see workers stuffing boxes with cameras, federal cameras. Go into the 51 intelligence agents where they said the laptop from hell, which exposed tremendous crime, was uh, Russian disinformation. They all knew it was. And it was cheating. That was cheating. Uh, go into all of the different legislatures where they didn't get approval to do all the stuff that they did. They had to get it from the legislatures, and they didn't. If you look at Wisconsin now, Wisconsin has essentially admitted that 
I won. I won the election up there. Uh, but they have a clause somewhere in some document, but you can't do anything after 30 days. You know, it's really, think of it, it's sick. They catch you cheating on the election. You're not able to, right. you're not able to do anything if you don't catch them in time. The Republicans do not fight the same way. They don't fight dirty. And I don't say anybody should fight dirty, but you got to fight smart. And they seem not to, you know, we have guys like Mitch McConnell. It's just like, it's hopeless. Uh, but we have great people now watching. And I tell them, I said, don't help me during the next period of time. Don't help me at all during the next year. I get all the votes. We're getting more votes than you need. Just watch that election period. Secure the vote, really, because they don't secure the vote. And if they don't secure the vote, bad things can happen. Now, we have some very good people because now I'm involved in that. Who thought you would have had to be involved? I thought I'd campaign. I go home and I see what happens. But I campaigned, I went home, and then all of a sudden I see it looks like Pennsylvania is going to be ours by a lot. And then at 3.02 or whatever it was in the morning, all of a sudden they're finding all sorts of stuff. And look what's happened to our country because of it. It's a different country. This is a different country than it was three years ago. It's a country that's no longer respected. It's a company, that, a country that our energy is a disaster. Think of it, we have more than anybody else, and we are paying the highest prices. Nobody's ever seen anything like it. Our energy, if we bring that down to where it should be, will reduce inflation. You know, you have to get it back. What they say, well, we're only at 4% now, but it's 4% over the biggest increase in history. So people are being absolutely killed. It's very interesting. If you go back and study inflation, inflation is a country buster. You can go back years ago, many years ago in Germany where they had big inflation, destroyed the country. It destroys countries. And it, along with many other things, are destroying this country. But we have so many things. The border, millions and millions of people coming in. You can go, there's not one thing in this country now that works that's good. I mean, you can't say, well, he's good at this or he's good at that. Everything is bad. The inflation is horrible. The, everything is bad. There's nothing that you can say, well, except he did a great job here. He didn't do a great job in anything. You go through the 10 or 12 major things, every one of them is a disaster. And we have to change it or we're not going to have a country left. Much of the country, I think more than half of the country, uh, certainly wants you to be the president elected in 2024. How confident are you that you can win uh, and overcome all that you must uh, indictments, uh, the yeah. the full array of the federal government against you, yeah. whether it's the federal get out the vote executive action taken by uh, by President Biden three months after he was in office. Uh, he meant to weaponize the government from the yeah. very beginning. Uh, and you've got a party that is right now working against itself, whether it's in the House of Representatives, whether it is a number of lesser known personalities, I'll put it that way, well, even having debates, be the nominee. Lou, even having debates, I'm up 64 points yeah. and they're having debates and they hit me at the debates, although mostly they're hitting each other. But the party should be unified. The party shouldn't be having debates. You know, you have a 64 point lead. The weaponization is interesting because the people get it. And, you know, I have a big platform. I can talk to people like you. I can talk to others. And when you explain it, they understand it. My numbers have gone up. I don't think my numbers would be anywhere near. Who, who would think this is possible? Think of it. You get indicted on ridiculous stuff. 
along with other people that were very decent people. You see some of the people, these are high quality, wonderful people. They've been, you know, they want to destroy these people. But you get indicted, you explain it to the public, and your, your vote goes up. That's never happened before. If you get indicted, normally you go to the microphone, you announce you're retiring, you want to spend more time with your family. You know, it's the standard phrases that they use, and you want to clear your name. My numbers have gone through the roof because people see it's a hoax. Just like Russia, Russia, Russia was a hoax. You were the first one to see that. You and a, a small group of people knew the Russia, Russia, Russia thing was a hoax. And if we had a strong attorney general instead of a man that was petrified, he would have done something about it. Maybe you can still do something about it. You know, you do have a six-year statute of limitations. But Barr was a coward. He didn't have the courage to do what he should have done. When they said they were going to impeach him, he became a marshmallow, a big marshmallow. And he became weak. He was petrified. He didn't want to be impeached. I said, I got impeached twice and my numbers went up. You remember that? I got impeached twice and my numbers went up. So I'm a little inverse from people. But he was petrified of doing it. Now, how don't your numbers and how don't you get in trouble with the other party, which say what you want about them. They could keep their Congress nice and easy. They always got 100 percent. Did you ever see a negative vote? They always got 100 percent. So they could impeach me. And I had 100 percent of the Republican Party, but they had a slight majority right in the House. So Nancy Pelosi was a crazy, horrible person, actually. Um, she impeached me over nothing. She impeached me where I was right, because if you look at the Ukraine thing, I turned out to be right. The laptop says, in fact, when they saw the laptop, they said the laptop proved that Trump was 100 percent right. That should have never been indicted. The other should have never been. So they impeded, they indicted me four times. Al Capone was only indicted. Al Capone was the greatest of them all in terms of the gangsters, right? Scarface. He was indicted once. I was indicted four times. But the good news, it's over nothing. It's, I call them the Biden indictments. What they've done is they will, they go after their political opponent. That's a precedent. It's like the precedent of giving $6 billion to Iran for releasing five people. And that's a bad precedent because now all of a sudden you can see a lot of people missing. I never paid anything. You know, we let out, we got out 58 hostages. I never paid 10 cents, never. Because once you pay, the precedent's bad. The precedent on doing what they did with the, with using the weaponization, using the DOJ, the FBI to go after the political opponent, that is so bad. Because that means that I can do it too. In other words, the Pandora's box is open. And that means that I can do it too. And I don't want to do it. But they've opened something that's never been opened in this country. It's been opened and done in third world countries pretty effectively. But it's never, or banana republics, but it's never been done in this country. And certainly never like this. And the people get it. We have to win in 2024. If we don't win in 2024, we have not got a country anymore. I really believe that. I know you believe it. I know you believe it probably even more strongly than me. But if we don't win, this is the most important election we've ever had. Uh, I used to go around saying 2016 was the most important. And it was at the time. I thought it was the most important because we were heading in the wrong direction. And it was important, but nothing compared to what we have now. If we don't win this election, I really believe this country is done. I think millions and millions of Americans agree with you.
And as you correctly said, I believe exactly that myself. Um, I'd like to close on an optimistic note. And if you would, give us a sense of what you would do in terms of ending the hostilities, the war uh, between Ukraine and Russia, uh, what you would do to support Israel, to make certain that they don't have to live with terror every minute of every day of their existence? I have to say, before I even start to give you that answer, which is very doable, by the way, but it was a lot better in the old days when I was there because it would have never happened. Ukraine would have never been invaded and Russia would not have done that. And Putin and I had a very good relationship and I have with Zelensky a very good relationship. But you remember he was the one that said they're crazy when he when they said, did he threaten you? You know, he actually said, no, he could have done a grandstand and said, well, I felt threatened. He didn't do that. So I respect him. You understand that. But I have a relationship with both. And I say I will have that settled before I take office. If I win as president-elect, I will get that bloodbath settled. And the numbers are much bigger. You know, the number of people that are dying, when you see those buildings coming down all over the place, those, those, there are a lot of people in those buildings. And then you hear two people were injured. Two people were sent to the hospital with minor injuries and they dropped these massive buildings. Uh, I'll get Ukraine settled. Uh, Israel, uh, something is going to happen. I think probably by the time we get to offer something either very negative or positive, but I think negative because we don't have a leader. This should have never happened. They would have never attacked Israel. They would have, that attack, that horrible attack, which was a horrible attack. And the amazing thing is that people don't talk about the attack anymore. They don't talk about that. They only talk about the other side. And uh, something has to be done, has to be done very quickly. The, the problem with that one is that some really bad things can happen fairly quickly. And that includes other nations getting involved that are pretty big nations with millions of soldiers. And they talk about it openly. They talk about it openly because they have no respect for the United States anymore. And they have no respect for the leader of the United States. And it's a big problem. But if I get in, and I hope I do, because I love our country, and I never like to say, I will win, because I think that's foolish to say. I think we got to have a, we have a great chance. We have to keep their cheating down to a minimum. You can't stop them totally, but we have to keep it down to a minimum. And one of the best ways is we have to swamp them, to use a term, the opposite meaning. We have to swamp them. You have drained the swamp and then swamping right. them. But you have to, we have to swamp them. Because there comes a point where they can't, you know, where it's just too big to cheat. But they will go as high as they can. These are people that, um, if, if you think about it, if you have open borders, if you have high gasoline prices, high interest rates, uh, you can't buy a home, the school system stinks, everything is bad. How do you win an election? There's only one way, you have to cheat. They cheat. And they've done it for years, but nobody ever saw anything like it in 2020. And you can't let that go. People, they use the term election denier. I'm an election denier. I'm, I'm an absolute election denier. Uh, I wish I didn't have to do that because we should have won that election. But you look at it and 
the people, you have to learn from history. So people forgot that. What they did in Atlanta was a terrible thing. You know, they never go after the people that cheated. They only go after the people that are looking at the people that cheated because they don't want the answers and they know the answers. I'm going to be releasing something having to do with Georgia very soon. I don't know what's foolproof, what's not, but it's pretty foolproof. It's massive theft, massive theft. Uh, I'm going to be releasing uh, things on other states. I view this as an opportunity. A lot of people would say, well, it's a lot of big stuff. But when you look at even now, let's go to a slightly different subject, but it's all corrupt. We have a very corrupt country. Uh, January 6th, what's happened to those people is not believable. What's happened to them, policemen, firemen, lawyers, military people, what's happened? And yet nothing happens on the other side. I was watching the other day as a fence was being destroyed at the White House and painted over. I built that fence. You know, it's a titanium fence. It's an incredible job we did because the other was no longer capable of doing the job that you may have to have. And when I watched what they, when I watched the construct, the, the, the horror that they were doing to the White House with the spray paint all over the place and horrible. Nothing's going to happen to those people. Nothing will happen to them. But um, you go to J6 and you see little thing came out a couple of months ago that they have destroyed all the evidence. You know that they've destroyed. They've taken that hearing, which was a total uh, sham with all Democrats and two Republicans that were far worse than any Democrat that ever lived. OK, two, two very sick Republicans. I mean, Liz Cheney is a sick person. I was responsible for her defeat in her state where she couldn't be beaten. And by the time we finished, she got the lowest vote in the history of politics for a sitting congressman losing. Because most of them, when they're that low, they just resign before they go through an election. But, but when you see what they did, they got rid of all of the stuff and they announced it. We have deleted and essentially thrown out. They threw out everything. Almost everything. I guess maybe they saved a couple of good things for them. They threw out all the statements about Nancy Pelosi and not wanting the soldiers. If she would have done that. You wouldn't have had a J6. Uh, they threw out all of the statements made by the police chief about Nancy Pelosi and about others. And then I believe he died. Uh, but you had others that said a lot of bad. There was a lot of bad things. How about me grabbing a Secret Service agent who's young and very strong, being slightly rebuffed. And I go to the one on the other side of the car and I grabbed him around the neck. Actually, a lot of people said, I didn't know you were that strong. You know, one of them was like a black belt or something. They said, hmm, that was impressive. It's not impressive. Such a lie. You know, I mean, this stuff was made up. They got rid of everything. They got rid of just about all. It was thrown out. So, look, we have a country that's lost its way. We have a failing nation and we're going to turn it around. We have to win in 2024. We cannot allow anybody else there. They don't have the votes. The only way they can win is to cheat. And again, their policies, it's not possible that that 30 percent of the people want to have open borders where people where criminals are allowed to come into our country and do terrible things to them and everyone else. It's not possible. They have the worst policy. It's not even believable policy, including their environmental stuff, which is going to destroy our country. It's going to destroy our country. 
But and nobody's more important. Nobody loves the environment. I want clean air. I want clean water, crystal clean. I want everything. But if we don't win the election in 2024, I really believe that America is finished. If we do, I think we can bring it back to a level greater than ever before. President Donald Trump. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks, everybody, for being with us today. And a very special thanks to the 45th president of the United States and soon to be 47th president as well. Our guest here tomorrow on the Great America Sunday Show will be Senator Tommy Tuberville and former CIA analyst John Gentry on how to neuter the CIA. Please join us for that tomorrow and join us each and every weekday. Please join me for my new television show on Lindell TV. Lou Dobbs tonight, each and every weeknight on Rumble, Roku, Twitter, Apple TV, Frank Speech, 7 p.m. Eastern. And follow me on Twitter and Truth Social at Lou Dobbs and on Facebook and Instagram at Lou Dobbs Tonight. And be sure to check out our all-new website, LouDobbs.com. Thank you, everybody. God bless you, and may God bless America.